everyone. You're listening to The Katie Helper Show, and I'm your host, Katie Helper. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show, where for just $1 a month, you can help make the show happen. And for $5 a month, you'll qualify for great bonus content, including an alternative podcast feed and rarely seen clips that aired on our live shows. Welcome to the Katie Helper Show. We have such a great show. We have joining us Palestinian human rights activist Isa Amro about Israel's new government. Let me just read his very impressive bio. Isa Amro is a Palestinian human rights defender from Hebron West Bank. He is the recipient of the One Media Award and was recognized as Human Rights Defender of the Year in Palestine in 2010 by the United Nations. He is the founder of the Hebron-based direct action group Youth Against Settlements. UN Special Rapporteurs reported that AMRO has been arrested and detained by Israel more than 20 times in the year 2012 alone. AMRO was featured in Amnesty International's Global Right for Rights campaign in 2017 to support him through his trial in Israeli military court. In the winter of 2021, AMRO was convicted on six charges related to his community activism, including three counts of participating in a protest without a permit. The trial was criticized by prominent human rights organizations, international lawmakers, and independent UN experts. He was also prosecuted by the Palestinian authorities for, quote, causing public strife and insulting higher authorities, end quote, on social media under the draconian cybercrime law and 1960 Jordanian penal code. Amro has sporadically been arrested, jailed, tried, and harassed by Palestinian authorities since 2017. So he's getting it on both ends, which is how you know you're doing something right. So without further ado, let us bring on to the virtual stage, Isa Amro. Hello, Isa. Hello, Katie. Thank you very much for inviting me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining. You are based in Hebron. You are right now in New York City, though. So what brings you here? I came from Hebron to New York City to talk about human rights situation in Palestine and to do networking, advocacy, and to increase the awareness about the Israeli occupation and apartheid here in the United States. In the same time, I wanted to, you know, show a play which was right by me and uh, a friend of mine. Her name is Inat Wiseman about my military trial uh, protocol and about the life under the Israeli military and occupation in Hebron. It's called How to Make a Revolution. I wanted to ask you, Isa, to talk about the recent Israeli elections and talk about this new government. The recent Israeli election, the Israeli very far right wing, uh, won the election. And the Israeli Kahanist supporters and members... As in followers of Kahani. Yes, and uh, the Kahanist were announced as a terrorist organization here in the United States, and they were removed from the left just last year, from the terrorist left. So they won in the election, and they are really extreme and they are fascist and they are, you know, calling to displace the Palestinians from uh, all over uh, Palestine and Israel. And they, they are really, you know, uh, hardcore and they, and they want to annex now West Bank to, to Israel. And they are just calling for many, many, many actions against uh, the Palestinian identity, the Palestinian rights. And, and we, the Palestinians, were really 
shocked by the result of the election and by that nobody in the world talked about how come those uh, uh, racist uh, apartheid supporters, fascists, uh, be accepted to be in a government. And what is the effect that this is going to have on the lives of Palestinians, but also on your life personally? You know, after the result of the election, uh, one of the main uh, settler leader, uh, his name is Itamar Bingwer, who became the Israeli national uh, security minister. I know him since very long time, and he was really uh, attacking us during our nonviolence activities and actions in and Hebron, and, uh, you know, after he won, uh, the settlers in Hebron became very violent, and they became very, let me say, emboldened with their uh, uh, violence, uh, ideological attitude. On the same time, he, he became the head of the police. You know, he, he's the one who's responsible about the police and and the, and the border police, and, and they uh, they started giving me very, very hard time. The settlers gave me a lot of hard time, life threats. Even I, I was arrested last uh, month, ill-treated, tortured. And the last three months, uh, they declared my house as a closed military zone. I was attacked many, many times. You will see the videos of settler uh, violence. So my personal safety and the Palestinian uh, human rights defender, other Palestinian human rights defender safety is really uh, a big issue now. So and Palestinians have no one to protect them. All Palestinians all over Palestine and even inside Lud, Haifa, Yafa, East Jerusalem, all, all Palestinian nonviolence activists will be a target for this uh, very powerful minister in the Israeli government right now. And the Israeli settler violence is increasing uh, all over because their leader is the police now. Their leader is, uh, you know, uh, I know they are controlling everything, Smotrich, and, you know, the other one, his name is Smotrich. You know, uh, and, and he's the head of the civil administration in West Bank and the financial minister. So those kind of ministers who are settlers became the lawmakers and the decision makers and the most powerful political uh, leaders uh, in, in Israel. So they, they are calling now to remove Palestinian identity from Area C to displace Palestinians openly. They're talking about displacing Palestinians. They encourage the Israeli settler uh, soldiers to shoot Palestinians, to be very violent with the Palestinians. Last November, I filmed an Israeli soldier. You will, you, you may see the video. You, you, you know, I filmed an Israeli soldier beating up an Israeli visitor who came to show solidarity with the Palestinians. That soldier was backed up by Netanyahu government and by the Minister of uh, National Security. And the two soldiers got 30,000 shekels a gift from the Jewish community in Hebron. So this kind of situation with this current uh, government, and they're trying to change the status quo in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and, uh, and, uh, and, and you know, this national minister, national security minister, raided Al-Aqsa Mosque with his, in the first days of his government, uh, you know, you know in, 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 in Palestine. We actually have some video of Ben-Gavir. Tell us more about Ben-Gavir while we get this little video ready. I know being here since 2006, 2007, we were working uh, in a Palestinian land near Arab settlement in Hebron, and we were trying to fence the land, to do the agriculture in a private Palestinian land. Many times he came and attacked us personally, and, you know, he had 50 files in the Israeli police. He was the enemy of the Israeli police in the past. 
he was the uh, supporter of Baruch Goldstein, who killed 29 Palestinians in the Ibrahimi Mosque in 1994. He is one of the leaders of uh, Kahf movement, Kahana High movement, the Kahanist movement. He was the lawyer of the price tag uh, campaigners. The price tag, it's an Israeli terrorist uh, organization who uh, uh, attacks Palestinians, or, you know, violently. They burn uh, houses and they were behind, you know, uh, killing and burning the Abshe family in Nablus, killing and torturing the kid Muhammad Abu Khtar in East uh, Jerusalem. Very violent Kahanist uh, you know, organization, uh, it's called Price Tag. He's one of the Israeli politicians who are calling to implement the Sharia law on uh, in Israel and on, on the Palestinians, who was calling to displace the Palestinians. During the election, he called to de- deport Ayman Ode and uh, TB to Syria. They are two, may, you know, lawmakers in Israel, two Palestinians, uh, Israelis. Uh, and he believes in, you know, uh, displacing Palestinians and all Palestinians stay without any equal rights and they, li- they live as, as slaves. So this is the future of uh, Palestine and Israel. They openly say that Palestinians should not call for equal rights. Palestinians don't, will not get a state. Palestinians should leave if they want their own uh, nationality. They should leave to other countries. So he is this kind of a person. And he's now part of the government. He's national security minister. And you can say that he's one of the most powerful politicians now in Israel. So here's a video of him. Let's just take a look at this video of Ben Gavir. That's a gun he's holding. Yes. It was in Sheikh Jarrah. He raided the Sheikh Jarrah with his gun. And he was, his wife was calling the, the, the Israeli and Hitler women to carry weapons to kill Palestinians. There he is. He says that they're Palestinian throwing stones, shoot them. This is endangering our lives. Is there anything else that's said that's not translated that's relevant? No, it, it was not about stones throwing. It was about him reading the Palestinian neighborhood in Sheikh Jarrah to provoke the Palestinians. And he's calling to displace the Palestinians from Sheikh Jarrah and from East Jerusalem. We have some more videos of your house being attacked by settlers. But before we show those, can you just set up for people what it is that these settlers want from you? The settlers, they, they want all Palestinians who are living in H2 to, to be displaced. They want it uh, as a kind of a free Arab zone. This started in 1994. Baruch Goldstein broke into the Ibrahimi Mosque. He killed 29 Palestinians and hundreds were injured. And the result of that massacre that uh, they divided the mosque for two parts. They confiscated all the external yards of the, the mosque. I didn't go to my school that, that year for three months as a Palestinian. So we, we were the victims of that uh, massacre and we were punished. Baruch Goldstein was an American-Israeli uh, Jewish doctor retired from the Israeli uh, army. And after that massacre, the Israeli occupation closed the main streets, the main shops, and the main neighborhoods. And then was reopened after 1997, which was the Hebron Redeployment Agreement, which was part of the two-state solution, which Israel didn't respect. Then after the beginning of the Second Intifada, the Israeli occupation closed 
the majority of the streets. And now we have around 1,800 shops closed because of the closure policy. We are talking about 77% of the shopping area. And the main street called Shohada Street in Hebron, it used to be as Times Square. It's completely closed. I'm not allowed to walk in my own street. Uh, we have around 1,000 Palestinian apartments became empty, which is 43% of the housing units in the restricted part of uh, H2. They changed the names of the streets, the name of the neighborhoods in my lifetime, from Palestinian uh, uh, Arabic names to an Israeli Hebrew uh, names. We have around 22 checkpoints in less than one square kilometer, more than 100 movement uh, barriers. So in Hebrew now, they don't come and physically evict you from your house, but they have a policy and a strategy of making it impossible for you to stay and remain in uh, your house. You don't feel safe. You, there is no services, no plumber, no electrician, no ambulance, and there is no social life. You are completely disconnected and isolated from other Palestinian neighborhood. All of that is happening to displace the Palestinians and evict them from their houses and from their neighborhood. I'm trying with other Palestinian youth and other, other Palestinian women and men and families to oppose that policies of displacement and uh, shutting off uh, Palestinian uh, uh, voices. So we do direct actions. Uh, we do non-violence protests, rallies, sit-ins. I do a lot of media. I do, we do a lot of uh, documentation for the Israeli human rights uh, violations. We try to expose the Israeli apartheid policy in the city and the segregation and uh, separation. We do a lot of tours. All the audience are invited to come and visit the city and see the reality of the Israeli occupation and uh, apartheid and see how Israel is not defending itself and how Israel is not a democracy and see the reality uh, on, the, on the ground. We do a lot of legal work and we do a lot of community activism and a lot of, you know, uh, uh, empowerment for youth, for women, for the Palestinian community. We want to really stand firm, strong against Israeli occupation and apartheid using nonviolence resistance. This is mainly what I do. And this is what is the situation on the ground in Hebron. And, you know, interestingly enough, Ben Gavir, one of Ben Gavir's spokesmen, said actually out loud to an NBC reporter that Israel was not founded as a democracy, which I thought was interesting. He just said the quiet parts out loud because when Ben Gavir's spokesperson was explaining the vision that they had for Palestinians, the NBC reporter was like, well, that doesn't sound like democracy. And this guy is like, ah, well, Israel wasn't really founded to be a democracy, which was refreshingly honest. We're going to show some videos. Let's start Let's start with this short BBC video, which just kind of sets up what you do, Isa, and then something interesting happens during the actual video. Silence will bring you checkpoints all over. Your silence will bring you division. A well-known Palestinian activist speaks to a gathering of the Israeli left. They're a dwindling force these days. And while they tour, undercover police watch them from the shadows. Hebron is a city of checkpoints and a flashpoint of the conflict and occupation. So you see the barrier from uh, this side, a military tower, watchtower here, see the fences. And this is just a regular street in Hebron. It's been closed off like this for many, many years. Separates out Palestinians who live and work on this side 
checked every time they want to try and get through. That is my house. Back with Issa Amro, the Palestinian activist. I'm shown what life is like for him here. And you're not allowed to go there? I'm not allowed to walk from here. He talks of having been arrested multiple times. And then he's pulled away from us. The undercover policeman is back. They tell him he's been obstructing justice. The activists call it police intimidation to stop the settler movement here being challenged. Issa, what's happening to you now? I'm arrested. Why? They fear a slide into much more of this and worse as Israeli politics sees the far right take centre stage. So that's you getting arrested in front of a BBC reporter. We can just imagine how quick they are to arrest you when people aren't there filming. Let's go through some more videos and you can just tell us what's happening. Israeli settlers attacking my house and our community center in Tal Rumeda in front of the soldiers without doing anything to that settler. So they're not doing anything? No, they, they, they were pushing me away. Here's another one. What's happening here? Israeli settler cursing us and spitting on us in front of his mother and his, the other soldiers. And for sure, he was not arrested and he was not accountable for this. And now Israeli settlers are damaging my fence in front of the soldiers without being accountable for doing this. We as Palestinians, we don't have any, any, any protection power. Nobody is protecting us from those settlers who live with full impunity. Now Israeli settlers attacking my friend and a journalist, uh, his name is Muhammad. They stole his phone, and when he tried to get back his phone, he was beaten by the, the soldiers who were there, and he was beaten by other settlers. Without any accountability, until now the phone is not back. It was two months ago, this incident. And look, he was beaten, and the soldier pushed him away. And who filmed this? Uh, I filmed this. You filmed this, okay. Now the settlers are attacking my house, and I tried to film them, and I was attacked. Look, throwing stones with the sticks, kicking me. And the, the settler, and I filed a complaint to the Israeli police, but the settlers have impunity and they are not accountable according to the Israeli military law. Okay, this is interesting. So can you explain this? All, all people on, all, on earth, they celebrate the New Year Eve. I was in my house. I left to celebrate with friends. Five Israeli masked settlers broke into my house and our community center in Tal Rumeda, which is five meters far from a 24-7 military post. And they stole my CCTV cameras and they were planning to do much damage to the house till we discovered them and they, they escaped. And until now, they are not accountable. This is from my house and our community center. The military post, the soldier is next to the settler who are throwing a lot of stones to, to where uh, the house and to where the kids were in the house. I filed a complaint and the soldier first did nothing. I filed a complaint to the Israeli police and this settler was not arrested. The same settler, he even got closer to the house to throw more stones. This is the life of the Palestinians under the Israeli occupation and apartheid, not only in Hebron, it's all over West Bank these days. A lot of settler violence, a lot of settler attacks. It increased uh, and maybe doubled and tripled after the new government and after the election results 
in October. And then we have one more video we can show. We see settlers protesting in a Palestinian private uh, land next to my house. And we have we see an Israeli and a, a Jewish uh, South African uh, famous artist. His name is Adam. Adam was attacked by the settlers in front of the the soldiers, and the settlers who attacked him were not accountable too. Take them away from our house. They just pushed him. They pushed him, and in another video, they kicked him. They threw stones at, at him, and they even they described him uh, with bad words. And and Adam was really affected by by this kind of attacks. And again, they're doing this on video. They're doing this to someone Jewish, so you can imagine what they do to Palestinians. Katie, uh, something very important. Why this is happening? Because we as Palestinians, we live under the Israeli military law, which means we are guilty by law until we are proving innocent. And the Israeli settlers, who you saw them on the videos, are attacking us, attacking our houses physically. They are under the Israeli civilian law. So two sets of law here, the settlers, and we as Palestinians, we have no rights. We are guilty by law till we are proving innocent. Nonviolent resistance is not allowed under the Israeli military law. So we are outlawed, and the settlers are supported, protected by the Israeli government and by the Israeli political leaders. And AP published something about American charitable money is going to those violent settlers in West Bank, you know, and this is something very, very important. So why we call it apartheid? Because two sets of law in the same area for different people. And it's not about being there and Smotrich alone. It's a military system. It's about the system which created Smotrich and being there and the Israeli fascist. And Israel can't be a democracy and apartheid and occupation at the same time. It's either a democratic state for all its citizens, regardless of their religion and their ethnicity, or it will be an apartheid occupation as it is now. So this is the video that we've seen, but what about the things that we can't see, like when you've been arrested and imprisoned and interrogated? What can you tell us about that experience? Uh, I was arrested many times by Israeli police and by the Israeli army. With my last arrest, I was beaten in the police station. They damaged my Apple Watch and confiscated all my smart devices. And it was only about me filming you know, using my phone to film soldier violence toward Israeli visitors, okay, Jewish visitors. And I was ill-treated. I was accused of false accusation. And instead of telling me, thank you, Isa, the Israeli police, they accused me of causing, you know, of violating the public peace and uh, acting against the public interest, being an obstacle for the soldiers' work. You know, the second soldier beating up an Israeli Jewish visitor to Hebron disturbing the police work, disturbing the investigation. So five charges, it means military charges on me. Then I was beaten physically in the police station. Then I was tortured in jail. I was kept three days in jail, two days in separate cell with cold temperature, without proper clothes, without food, without water, very bad treatment. Then, you know, you saw how I was written in front of the camera. Then I was detained the second day. You know, when I was detained by the police for all day, they raided my house, they destroyed all my furniture and my belongings, and they stole a lot of smart uh, devices, cameras, storage desks, hard disks. They made my life horrible, and they are threatening me openly 
to shoot me, either the settlers or the soldiers. So really, as a human rights defender, instead of defending your people's rights and try to talk and speak about nonviolence and about human rights violation, you become defending yourself and your, your safety. So me personally, I don't feel safe. I know that many other Palestinian human rights defenders either arrested or intimidated or they have life threats. So we, the Palestinians, feel that what was happening in the, in the 50s here in the United States is happening to us these days of, you know, going after anybody who tries to make a change. Like with the U.S., the civil rights movement in the United States. Yes. You have also been gone after by the Palestinian Authority. So this is kind of a side that I think a lot of Americans don't know about. Why are you being gone after by them? Uh, the Palestinian Authority, unfortunately, is a regime without any authority. And the Israeli occupation made them a subcontractor of the Israeli occupation. So the Israeli occupation went after me to stop my voice, to shut me off and shut my group off. And they didn't manage until now. This is why I am here in New York. So the Palestinian Authority went after me for being critical of their corruption and to please the Israeli uh, occupation. This is the situation on the ground now. Palestinians either attacked by the Israeli occupation or attacked by both the Palestinian Authority and the Palestinian uh, you know, security forces mainly. Uh, so I was arrested many times, and I'm trying to make a change, uh, Katie, and I'm very critical of any kind of human rights violation, regardless of who's the uh, offender. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, Palestinian Authority will do reform for the PLO and do uh, election uh, and give the Palestinians the right to choose their own uh, leadership and uh, to fight uh, corruption and to let uh, Palestinians uh, fight the occupation and make it costly. Uh, thanks to Gabor and thanks to you who are doing an amazing work to increase the awareness about uh, Israeli occupation, human rights violations, and uh, apartheid. And I hope from uh, all the audience to come and visit and do something to make the occupation costly. I say it all the time that without uh, making the occupation costly, nothing will change. Uh, without making the occupation costly, the occupation will go further to torture Palestinian and to confiscate more Palestinian land. And now we are facing life threats as uh, activists and non-violence uh, speakers. So, uh, you know, how to protect the uh, Palestinian voices is to make uh, fighting the Israeli occupation and apartheid part of the daily routine, uh, routine of the supporters of the Palestinian uh, cause. And it's about freedom. It's about justice. It's about, you know, equality. This is what we are calling for as uh, Palestinians. This is why I'm in the States, to remind the American people of their principles. I learned a lot, and I was moved by Martin Luther King, and I learned a lot about the, the American principles and morals of equality and justice and freedom. Freedom, I, this word, uh, I learned it of, from here, from, from the United States. So we, the Palestinians, deserve the same rights, and the Americans did a great work with the civil rights movement, and they were supported by global power. And now we want the Americans to support our freedom campaigns and our freedom and justice uh, activities and to protect us. Because without international protection, I may not be able to, to make a change or I will not be alive. 
or they will may they may put me in jail, and they may put in jail all other Palestinian human rights defenders. And uh, you know, Katie, just last year, the Israeli occupation forces declared seven human rights uh, Palestinian organizations, and among them, the most famous one in the Middle East, Al Haq, as a terrorist organization. So imagine you work in a human rights organization as Human Rights Watch, and then somebody will declare you as a terrorist organization. This is what happened in Palestine and Israel lately. So, so, so we face this kind of uh, smear campaigns and this kind of restrictions on our human rights work and nonviolent uh, activism on the on the ground and we are left alone and our voices almost not there not here in the in the united states when you see the american media we barely exist we, you know the palestinian voices are not that that much or even you know sometimes we complain that many stories they take they quote the army they quote the settlers and they quote another israeli and we the palestinians we don't exist the israeli army is not the spokesperson, the spokes, you know, body of the Palestinians. We, the Palestinians, we can speak about ourselves. We can represent ourselves, and we can talk about what we want and what 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 we are suffering from. So this is what we want from the American media, uh, uh, you know, and especially the mainstream media, to to do that to to be professional and give us a space to talk and present ourselves and present what we do. I don't think many Americans know what Palestinians are doing to achieve justice and equality and freedom. We have a lot of Palestinians who are protesting peacefully, who are campaigning peacefully, who are calling for nonviolence resistance, who are trying to make the occupation costly for the occupiers. Here, the solidarity movement is doing an amazing work to support the Palestinians. But all of that, we don't see it in the media, and many uh, organizations here don't know uh, about it, and they don't know how to support us. They don't know how to be a part of the uh, global anti-apartheid movement in in Palestine and and Israel. And they don't see the, the the change on the ground. They don't see the facts on the ground. They don't see that the 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 the, the settlers are occupying all over West Bank. They don't see that we don't have enough water for drinking, as Palestinians and the Israeli settlers have ten times more water than. The Palestinians, and we are not allowed to dig to get water, and the Israeli occupation is 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 controlling all the water aquifers. Something else, Katie, very important: electricity. Not only Gaza is sieged, uh, and and they don't have enough food to eat because of the occupation, and they don't have electricity and clean water, and the water is polluted almost 100 percent in 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 Gaza and West Bank in Hebron. We don't have enough water. For, for the Palestinians, we don't have enough electricity for the Palestinians. And we are not allowed, according to Oslo, this fake peace agreement to generate electricity. Imagine that they wanted to make peace with the Palestinians. They didn't allow us to dig, to get water, and didn't allow us to generate electricity, and didn't allow us to do free importing and exporting of raw materials and production. So they wanted to keep us under their own control, and they removed all infrastructure of development for the Palestinians. So all aspects of our life under the occupation is controlled by the occupiers. Then they talk that uh, Palestinians are terrorists, Palestinian violence, Palestinian terror, all, all of that. We are stereotyped as terrorists and love to die, which is completely not true. We are normal human beings. We love 
to live, but we want to live with freedom, with justice and equality, and, and really we want to make a change. Well, Isa, we'll bring you on again. And thank you so much for your bravery and for your voice. And follow Mundo Wise, uh, other electronic intifada media, Katie, you know, are doing amazing work. So be informed, enrich in your knowledge, and act to make the occupation costly. Without, without acting, nothing will change. Thanks again for listening to The Katie Helper Show. If you like the show, please join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, we remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. Our show is produced by me, Katie Helper. Brad Bloom is our audio engineer and an associate producer on the show. Our researcher is Joshua Bregman. And our theme song is by the band Cordova. See you next time.